This episode is brought to you by Splash Refresher. I believe in the three beverage rotation on my desk at all times. One for caffeinating, one for hydrating, and one for fun. But Splash, they spice it up by putting the fun and hydration in one. I don't have to dread my eight cups of water a day. I just drink Splash and like it. My flavor that I've been enjoying the most lately is the wild berry. Keep one on your desk. You'll be hydrated in no time. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. Betches Media presents Ha ha, laugh, funny Mention it all, a Bravo by Betches podcast We don't say that, but now we said it With me, Dylan Hafer Hold on, check me, boo Hey everyone, welcome back to the Mention It All podcast. I am Dylan Hafer, and I am so excited to be back this Wednesday with Jordana Abraham. Hey Jordana, how's it going? Hey Dylan, so happy to be back. Um, things are really heating up in Jersey, so I'm excited to to break it all down. There's so much to unpack. It, there is so much to unpack. The wedding, the wedding is rapidly approaching. There are more and more wedding events being added to the calendar. Now we've got to worry about the Thursday dinner at Avra. Oh my God, that was TV gold. I was almost so so great that I wasn't sure if it was real. <laughs> we will we'll get there in a in a few short minutes. But before we get into uh, the episode at hand, we got a look yesterday at the New Jersey reunion looks for this season. Overall, not a bad batch of looks. The color scheme, though, it's very Beauty and the Beast. <laughs> well, what? Yeah, I was going to say, what is the theme here? Not just the color scheme, even just like the dramatic, the drama of the looks does feel like you said that's great. I was thinking like some sort of medieval thing and Beauty and the Beast really uh, nails it, especially with Rachel's outfit. <laughs> <laughs> nothing, I guess nothing says Ireland like Danielle Cabral's uh, nude illusion, but the nude is kind of the wrong color. Um, <laughs> purple mesh train. I don't know. I mean, some of the reunions, they kind of... Sometimes it seems like there's a theme. Sometimes it's just like a color scheme. This one, to me, it's just like gold, blue, and purple, which is a little bit, it's a little all over the map, but everybody looks good. I mean, Teresa looks like what you would buy if you were like, I'm going to be Belle for Halloween, but like make it a little more scandalous. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, no, I think Teresa... But Teresa looks great. Like, she looks good. She looks great, yeah. I think Melissa looks good. Dolores and Margaret look great. Like, it's... Jersey is the kind of thing where I can appreciate the looks while they can also be very not my personal taste. And I think this is an example of that. For sure. I mean, I yeah, I think Teresa, she does look great. I can't really um, deny that. (laughs) I think, like, what do you... Like, I think... If it's your first reunion, like looking at like Rachel and Danielle's looks, I feel like you can kind of over like, you know, kick the ball over the goal almost that it's like a little bit too much sauce. Like this doesn't have to be the most extravagant ball gown that's ever been worn. Right. They came in a little too hot. If If it were me and it was my first season, I would try to be a little bit like blend in with the crowd. I wouldn't really try to stand out that much. Um but maybe that's maybe that's why I'm not on Housewives. I'm not I'm just not bold enough personality. I would I think it's like when you're seasoned like Melissa or Teresa, then I feel like you can get away with a little more. Mm-hmm. I think if I had to do a Housewives reunion, I would hearken back to like 
I would do like a callback to an old era, like Danielle Staub showing up in the white tank top and the sequin miniskirt. Like that would be iconic. I was literally thinking that like I would show up in um, just like a t-shirt and jeans kind of, I feel like Denise Richards sort of tries to do that. <laughs> She's like, look, I'm going to wear my low rise flare jeans and some like some beat up boots <laughs> that I found in the back of my closet and that is, that's the glam for today. That's all you're getting from me. Exactly. You can't be like trying too hard or it comes off a little despy. I've got like soap opera lines to be memorizing for tomorrow. <laughs> uh, my edibles kicking in. <laughs> like There's only so much brain power devoted. I noticed um, also this week we got a premiere date for the Real Housewives of New York reboot Ooh. that's premiering in July. Um, and so we don't we don't have a full trailer yet, but they did a little teaser with an apple. It's cute, whatever. And then some of the women have started posting like a little bit more like confessional looks or, you know, just kind of teasing the season. And one of the women posted a confessional look. Um, I think Erin is her name. And it's like she's wearing like the white tank top with the Prada little like logo in the middle. Okay. People are like, she looks so basic. And it's like, what? Like, I don't know. Like, what, what, what do you want? Like, what is a confessional look really supposed to be? I don't know. I'm not, that's a good question. Cause the confessional looks are sometimes weird. Maybe they want people to talk about, cause any, you know what I mean? If they're talking about them, then their name is getting out there. So maybe any discussion is good in their minds. I think that's possible. Yeah. I think also we build up kind of the idea of like, being a housewife and it's like there's there's no rule book that says you have to be wearing like a ridiculous like costume look to be sitting in the interview chair for six hours like that's not everybody's style yeah reinvent the wheel i mean summer house the outfits are usually a little more casual that's true like heather dubrow was always just going to show up in a cocktail dress and that's <laughs> Like all you're going to get from her. So Yes. I mean, there have been some crazy looks throughout this. It's, it's also funny when the look is crazy and then you just see it throughout the season. <laughs> I feel like Dorit has had some wild looks. Right. Um, there's like Raquel. feathers, sequins, yeah. like huge hair. It's like, uh, uh, okay. It's a little jarring week after week. I agree. Uh, okay, let's let's get into this week's episode of Jersey. We are back from Ireland. Uh, everybody had a good time except for Danielle Cabral. Um <laughs> I'm curious because you we did not talk about last week's episode. Danielle's experience in Ireland, I thought, was a little interesting because, you know, going into it, she had this information that she had sort of pried out of Jennifer about Melissa and ex-best friend Laura and all of that. And then now Danielle is really really laying it on thick that having this information is a burden and she wishes that she was not involved in this whole thing. Rachel's being mean to her. Margaret's being terrible. Do you feel like Danielle is kind of trying to have it both ways? Yeah. I feel like she's playing the victim a little too intensely. Like nothing is happening to her on this trip. That is that bad. This is, and I feel like she's making it out to be like, she's being being like ripped apart. And really this is sort of like, standard par for the course for this group i would say it's not that intense and so i do feel like that she's milking that a little bit and then also like you said like she's she's sitting on this this info and she's also trying to play a victim herself so it's a little i don't know i agree with you yeah it's it's tough because it's like i I, I want housewives to have like a full spectrum of emotions. Like it's more interesting to watch when they're kind of like, you know, going through it a little bit. But 
the way that she just is kind of absolving herself of all responsibility in any of these situations. It's like, well, Rachel's coming at me. Margaret's coming at me. Now I now I have this huge burden of information. And then she, her mom is like, well, you know, you should probably say something to Melissa. And she is trying to frame it as like, well, I know something really damaging about my my good friend, Melissa. So now I feel like it's my duty to give right. her a heads up. And it's like, are, are Danielle and Melissa really friends? I mean, Melissa's like helped her out with her pop-up store, I guess. But I, in the politics of the season, it's like, I would not say that Melissa and Danielle are like buddies. Yeah, I would say she's using that to like dramatize the whole situation or make it seem like it's so such a conflict for her when it's like, you know, she's sitting on that information. She's going to release it when she, when she sees fit. <laughs> like, don't pretend it's such a moral quandary for you. Like we all know what you're going to do. Yeah. It's a good, it is a good like foothold for her into kind of the central part of the group that, you know, there's this thing and Margaret's involved because allegedly Margaret knew before she told Laura and then Laura told Jennifer and yeah. Teresa and Jennifer told Jenny, like, it's she's kind of like ingratiating herself into the fabric of the group with this rumor, which I respect as like a housewife's gameplay type of thing. But then it's like you can't also be crying about the burden of knowing the information. Right. And also don't pretend like the information just kind of like fell into your lap and like, oh, my God, no, I know this thing. It's not like she's like Bethany with the Tom thing. Like she asked her. What the, she like went digging for it and then she found out. So don't pretend you're like trying little innocent old you just happened to hear about this rumor. It's like you you asked her like privately. You sought her out, Jennifer, to ask her. Yeah, it's it'll be interesting for me to see like in these last couple episodes of the season and then going into the reunion kind of how Danielle carries herself because I think coming back from the Ireland trip, it's a little bit like, are you, do you want this or not? Like, do you want this heat coming at you? Because if you're going to be like, you know, involved in the drama and starting shit and calling Rachel a rat and all of this stuff, it's like, you have to be able to take it if you're going to dish it out. And it seems like she is like maybe struggling with that a little bit. And like, if she comes into the reunion and is kind of owning her shit and being like, yeah, I did say this. Yeah, I did do that. Then I'll have a little bit more kind of respect for her like style. I agree. I'm very interested to see how she um, plays all this in the reunion. Summer is fast approaching, which means more social events, more weddings to attend, more nights on the town, and hopefully more vacations. That's why I'm so thankful for today's sponsor, Honey Love, for covering us with the best shapewear. With Honey Love, you can feel your best even when you're wearing less. They've revolutionized compression technology, so you no longer have to feel like you're suffocating while wearing effective shapewear. Plus, they are the only shapewear that won't ever roll down, no matter how much you groove on the dance floor. For a limited time only, you can get Honey Love on sale. Get 20% off your entire order with our exclusive link, honeylove.com slash MIA. Support our show and check them out at honeylove.com forward slash MIA. When talking about effective shapewear, Honey Love's best-selling superpower short is the go-to. It has targeted compression technology that distinguishes between areas where you want more support and areas where you need less compression. Their signature X targets and sculpts your midsection without squeezing your natural curves. The superpower short is helping ladies everywhere sculpt and smooth from stomach to thigh by offering the perfect amount of compression. You won't have to worry about it rolling down, which is unheard of in shapewear, thanks to flexible boning that's hidden in the 
side seams. This piece is also a booty lifter. Boost bands on the back of the thigh give your bottom an amazing shape. Treat yourself to the best bras and shapewear on the market and save 20% off at honeylove.com MIA. Use our exclusive link to get 20% off honeylove.com MIA. After you purchase, they'll ask you where you heard about them. Please support our show and tell them we sent you. The summer vibes are just getting started, honeys. Shape your life with Honey Love. The weather is getting warmer, so it's time to ditch those jackets and sweaters for shorts and tees. I used to waste my money on clothes that would only last one season. That was until I found Quince. Now I've got high quality pieces that never go out of style that I'll be wearing year after year. Now that it's getting warmer, I just stocked up on the Quince cotton modal t-shirts. I love a black t-shirt that's the right balance of looking really nice, but feeling really comfortable. It's 50% cotton, 50% modal. It's lightweight. It's breathing. It has a little stretch to it, but it looks so put together. I also just stocked up on more of my favorite Quince socks because let's be honest, I am at the point in my life where I don't need to have any socks in my closet that have holes in them. I'm getting the Quince ones that are going to last me a long time. They're just the perfect staple to have in your wardrobe. Quince has all the seasonal must-haves like 100% European linen shirts from $30, performance polos, and versatile flow knit activewear. And the best part, all Quince items are priced 50 to 80 percent less than similar brands. By partnering directly with top factories, Quince cuts out the cost of the middleman and passes the savings on to us. Plus, they only work with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing practices and premium fabrics and finishes, which I just love. Upgrade your wardrobe today. Go to quince.com mention for free shipping on your order and 365 day returns. That's q-u-i-n-c-e dot mention to get free shipping and 365 day returns. Quince.com mention. Meanwhile, Jen, uh, Jen is still fixated on Margaret's meddling in her relationship from last year. She is directly blaming Margaret for Olivia um, being concerned about her relationship with Bill and wanting to be a love doctor or whatever. This, this Jennifer and Bill thing, it really just feels like they are not making any kind of progress. Yeah. I mean, it seems like Bill is kind of like, to me, it kind of seems like Bill is kind of like, we've been pushing this stuff under the rug for like all these years and it's kind of worked out. Like, let's just like keep doing that. Like, I don't really want to like deep dive into these issues. He seems very hesitant to like go there. And Jennifer is like, well, yeah, we, to me, she's kind of like, well, yeah, this is what we used to do, but I want it to be different. And he just seems to be, in my opinion, kind of saying like, I, I would rather kind of keep this surface level than like truly dig deep here. Well, the when she, her giving him the option, saying, do you want to go back to the therapist? We went w- once, maybe more, maybe more than maybe once. Maybe more once, than once, yeah. Once that we saw on camera. And he's like, no, I don't want to go back because you're the one who has all the complaints. So like, basically like, I'm good. I don't need any more help. You just need to like figure out your issues. And that is to me such a... such a wild way of looking at issues within a marriage that it's like, no, 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 you're the only one with complaints. So like, why would I be going to couples therapy? It's like, well, first of all, all of her complaints are about things that involve both of you. Right. And second of all, like you have issues too. You just don't want to talk to a therapist about them. Exactly. Like to pretend that all the issues are like her issues and she should work them out on her own is kind of crazy when he's the one that cheated on her. Like, 
she he, she's he's kind of like go do whatever you need to do to work through this but like i'm working he's like i'm either performing a surgery or i'll be in the pool house let me know when you're done working with your shit right <laughs> and we can continue on like as if he plays absolutely no role and that's very frustrating and it's anno- and i love i love what they show for their relationship because i do think you know tv often tries to depict people as like black and white. And I think Bill has like a lot of really positive qualities that you see on the show. He does seem like a good, nice guy overall, but like just because you're great in one area doesn't mean you don't have things that sort of hold you back from reaching your highest potential. And you can't, you can sort of be the bad guy in your marriage and be the good guy on the show or just like with your friends or just in general conversations. So I think it's, Bill is a very dynamic character and I'm interested in, in more. Yeah. Speaking of, uh, maybe bad guy, good guy journeys on the show. I did really like seeing a little FaceTime appearance from Joe Judice this week at the, at the final dress fitting for the daughters. Uh, he calls in and he and Teresa have a nice little moment over FaceTime. I feel like it is really nice to see how they have, made it through this kind of extended period of, you know, tumult in their lives and are able to kind of have this, you know, supportive conversation with each other. Yeah. I think it's kind of amazing. Um, and I wonder, I mean, her, Teresa's relationship towards Joe seems like the healthiest thing I've seen from her. Like she's very much like, you're the father of my kids. I want you to be close to them. I want you to be like, like I, I want, the best for it just seems like so healthy and such a nice mindset that she has towards him and their relationship, like as their family. And I wonder if she, and, and it's funny cause she was like, I just wish you could come back to the country or like, I wish mm-hmm. that for you eventually. But I also do think in the back of my head, like if Joe were here, like I think the relationship works so well because he's not there because there's so little probably on a day-to-day basis that they need to work out amongst themselves. Like I do wonder if he did live in New Jersey, if they would have a lot more conflict and if she would be able to have this kind of like Zen feeling towards him. It almost feels like he got punished by like the American judicial system enough for her that she can like let go of any of her resentments and anger towards him because he's not, he's punished. He doesn't, he can't like live in the same country as his children. Like it, I, it almost feels like she's said like, okay, that's enough. And now I can have my own full life here and she doesn't have to interact with him. And I wonder, I just wonder if, if he lived here, if they would have a lot more conflict. Totally. And also, cause I mean, they still have three kids, maybe two now. I think Gabrielle is probably 18 now, but they would still be co-parenting if he lived in New Jersey. Like, they would still be figuring out like who ha- the custody agreement, who's taking Adriana to dance on this day, you know, who's coming right. to what events like they would have, they would still be actively figuring that situation out. Whereas because unfortunately he's not allowed to be in the country, most of those day-to-day parenting decisions are pretty cut and dry. Teresa's the one, you know, taking care of shit, which I mean, I think we probably don't think about enough that that is like a huge burden on her that obviously Louie is in her life now and they are, you know, raising those kids together. But, you know, she really has had to step up to the plate and get that shit done. But it's yeah, I, I do think you're right that there's no there's no pressure on her to kind of have 
a day-to-day rapport with him because like they're not facetiming each other at least right. not not that we're aware of like she's only talking to him in this scene because he facetimed gia and they're all there and it's nice that they can have a conversation but like i don't think that teresa is probably seeking out like parenting you know input from joe on a day-to-day basis no definitely not and that's a great point there she's very much like doing her own thing and credit where credit's due. Like she seems to be doing a great job raising the kids on her own. Or I guess, like you said, she has Louie now, but even before that. Um, so it is impressive, but it's funny. Cause like, I do think maybe, maybe if like Melissa were and Joe were like living in the Bahamas, she might have this kind of relationship with them. But like Melissa is not only her sister-in-law, she's also her coworker. So right. it's like, there's a lot more to get into conflict about. There's a lot more touch points. There's a lot more competition um, in that way. So I do wonder if all of this just seems circumstantial. Cause I saw the conversation with Joe and I was kind of like, wouldn't it be great if she could have that attitude towards Melissa and Joe? Um, and maybe if the circumstances were different, she could. Mm-hmm. Totally. And I think we see that starting to kind of take shape in Joe and Melissa's conversation in this episode that after this Ireland trip, that cave painting activity thing where (laughs) Teresa and Melissa had that one nice moment in isolation that Melissa is really getting to the point where she's like, I don't want to be on the roller coaster with her anymore. I want after the wedding to really take a step back and maybe there'll be moments here and there where it makes sense for them to be together or to, you know, see each other or be at the same events or something like that, but that there's not going to be this kind of ongoing thread of their relationship. And, you know, it's tough to make that distinction. Like you said, when they're co-workers on the same show, they're literally getting put in these situations for several months out of the year where you just can't avoid that. But also that there's just this idea that they should always be working on their relationship trying to figure things out, trying to get to a better place. The family should be together. And like, I think, you know, it isn't going to happen as peacefully as Melissa says she would like it to. But after the wedding, like, I I don't think they've had any kind of, you know, ongoing working on it since then. Right. And maybe that's the best. Maybe that's like the the best way to avoid this conflict. Because sometimes it's kind of like when you try to be close – then it becomes the roller coaster because then you're like every interaction is either good or bad or high or low. Or as if she's kind of like, all right, I'm accepting that we're like not close. We'll see you at work. Um, <laughs> and we can just have like a, we could just have like a more consistent, stable relationship of an extreme boundary, mm-hmm. which is kind of what she has with Joe. Like I like, looks like. I'm, I am curious to see at the reunion kind of how things go because Andy said on his radio show that they didn't spend a lot of time at the reunion talking about the family stuff, like the Teresa, Melissa, Joe oh, of it all, which to me kind of makes sense because if they really are at a point where there's no, there's no intention to work through things, then yeah, there's kind of not that much to say. But I'm it makes me wonder going forward on this show – is there a way that they could both stay and just kind of like not have their relationship be a plot point anymore? And I don't, 
I don't know if that would even really be possible if there's a group of seven or eight women and there are two of them, like there's always going to be that elephant in the room. Like if they're not talking, people are going to notice it. If they are talking, people are going to analyze it. If they're fighting, of course, that's going to be a whole thing. Like, I don't know if there's really a way to compartmentalize that. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if it would feel real. Yeah. Because it would just be like, this just doesn't feel authentic that you'd have these two sister-in-laws hanging out together all the time and kind of just like not interacting. Right. And when you think about, I mean, people complain all the time about how we've seen the same, the same thing for a decade between Melissa and Teresa, which I think, you know, there have been a lot of ups and downs and variations on a theme, I guess. But that has been kind of the through line of the show. And if they were both still there to just like pretend that that wasn't still a dynamic would be a little bit, a little bit strange. Right. Yeah. (sighs) I don't know. I guess we'll see how it plays out. I know. I'm glad to see the kids doing well, though. Like you said, Teresa's done a great job with the daughters. Antonia is getting great grades. She's now driving a Porsche. Oh, my God. Good for her. (laughs) The Porsche thing is like, um, I mean, good for her. I, I don't really feel like you should get your kid their first car to be a Porsche, even if you can't afford it personally. But good for Antonia. She seems very into the car. Nice I like for when, her. I like when Melissa's like, I had to drive a Toyota. And Donna's like, I was driving an old Chevy. And it's like, those are normal cars. Yeah. It's like some most kids don't get a car immediately upon getting a license, um, let alone a Porsche, which is like, where can she go from here? Your first car is a Porsche. Um, um, yeah. <laughs> I'm not the person to ask, to be yeah. honest. But, um, you know, I best of, best of luck to Antonia um, whipping around. North Jersey in that car. Uh, I'm, I'm sure she's a good, responsible driver. I'm sure she is. Good for her. I'm jealous. <laughs> yeah, I mean, she and she and uh, and what's her name, <laughs> Gabriella, have both been posting some of their like college acceptances and stuff. Or I guess their their moms have been, and they're. I mean, they're getting into like good, real like, good schools. So. Who's getting into good schools? The uh, both Gabriella and Antonia. Oh. I think Gabriella is going to University of Michigan. Oh, yeah. She had that big University of Michigan, um, like, cake or something. Yeah. Surprise I mean, party. It, yeah. it's cool to see, like, those kids really actually, like, doing well in a in a really obvious way because just, like, so much of their lives has been under this microscope. And it's, I don't know. It's nice to know that they're not just, like, I don't know. I don't right. want to. I mean, yeah, no, they, things could have gone very weirdly. I mean, you've seen that with some housewives kids where they kind of go a little off the rails and especially for them where they've been on this show for so long, like it could probably have easily deeply affected them and they might be, and especially the, uh, the Judice girls like have gone through a lot with like their, both of their parents being in jail and, you know, they have this very close relationship with their grandparents and then they, you know, pass. It's, I think, uh, I think they they have gone through a lot. So I'm happy that they seem to be thriving. Totally. One thing that I thought about when we were talking about um, the situation with Teresa and Joe Judice is how that if if Joe was in New Jersey, that could manifest into a Dolores and Frank type of situation down the road. <laughs> and we get another another meeting of the minds between Dolores and Frank this episode. And I mean... I, look, Frank Catania is a guy who I have enjoyed watching on the show over the years. I think he is a great personality, but his the way he is handling 
his relationship with Dolores this season is just, it's too much. I don't understand. His mindset is just so self-centered to me and so like delusional. Like the idea that that he's going to have this perfect intact family unit where he's going to be coming first for his ex-wife that he left and was cheating on throughout their whole relationship. And he's expecting her to like defer to him over someone that she's about to marry. It seems like, I mean, like not officially, but like seems like it's moving in that direction. And he wants to, he wants to be prioritized. It's just crazy to me. Like you gave that up a long time ago. Like you think you can just do whatever you want and have everyone defer to you is kind of enraging to me. And it seems like Dolores is getting over it as well. Yeah, I think as Dolores gets more serious with Paul and as she sees that future as like her likely path over the next, you know, years, she probably has less and less, you know, mental capacity to deal with Frank's, frankly, bullshit that he has kind of always been able to keep in the picture. And I think the relationship with David and Dolores was probably always enough of an arm's length thing where Frank didn't feel like his position was really being encroached upon. And if anything, he and David were almost closer than Dolores was with David. But this situation with... So Frankie Jr. has gotten this dream job and they're going to do like a celebratory dinner and the sticking point in this argument is that Dolores is like, yeah, so obviously Paul is going to come to that because like we're celebrating and that's like the person in my life. And Frank is like, no, 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 no. That should just be the four of us. Like that's it's, you know, our two kids, you and me. And so also he's like not including his girlfriend in that, Brittany, who has apparently been in the picture for a while. And it just is as as a as a child of divorce, it is crazy to me that you would like that one parent would just think in perpetuity, like, no, 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 it's only the four of us. Like, I would rather my parents bring the person in their life and not have this like awkward family dynamic that isn't actually real anymore. Right. Like, it's bizarre to me. And here's the thing I totally agree as a child of divorce, agree with everything you said <laughs> as well, myself. Um, is that I doesn't even seem he's like almost making it out to be like we're this family unit. Like the kids don't really seem to be that into this weird family unit from what I've seen. Like we saw this, I think last season or the season before where they had that group dinner and like he was kind of being like weirdly inappropriate about like having sex with women and talking to the daughter about uh. like it just seemed like the the kids are not like, oh, we want mom and dad to like be together. This is all like Frank is almost, I find it to be like manipulative that he's like, we're this family unit and we have this thing going on. It's like, no, this is all for you. No one else is like still clinging to this past idea of like you being this family when everyone knows that like you kind of gave up this, this right. four person family unit 20 years ago. Right. The, it is, I think the the most important thing to remember in this situation is that these kids are both in their 20s and have essentially never seen their parents together right. in any in any way that was like a, you know, happy marriage at least, but basically not at all over the last several years. And so it's like, yeah, that that means nothing to Frankie who, you know, they got they split up when he was a, a baby, maybe right. even before like it's the timeline is is such that it's like 
why would these kids think that there's like a happy nuclear family unit? And so it, it really just exists in Frank's head. And I am happy to see Dolores kind of putting her foot down and saying, you know, like, that's not how things are going to be. If I'm if I'm in a serious relationship where I'm thinking this is going to be the person in my life, we're going to be living together, maybe getting married, like, you're not the number one man in my life. And it's weird that you would think that. Right. Take a take a page, Frank. You're not the number one guy in this group. <laughs> uh, we uh, this episode we we finish at Teresa's surprise bridal shower. Uh, she's conveniently in a beautiful white dress. <laughs> it was so funny. It was like, oh yeah, we told her we're just going to lunch. It's like you're all wearing pretty formal gowns. <laughs> <laughs> right, like. Imagining like Adriana is what like thirteen years old and she's like a cocktail dress to go oh, to no. lunch yeah. with her mom <laughs> doesn't make any sense. Oh, she's also she's twelve because she, when when she's asking when she's like Adriana's not bringing a date and it was the funniest <laughs> thing when she goes, "Mom, I'm twelve. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like deciding who gets a plus one to this family dinner is it's actually that really tickled me because it's like yeah, like Melania's like, can I? Can I bring it to you? She's like, no. Like, what? So funny. I am so happy that warmer weather is finally back and we can get back to enjoying some time in the sun. But the springtime always brings those unwanted guests, pollen and seasonal allergies. April showers bring May flowers and also sniffly noses and stuffed up sinuses. Luckily for those of us who live with the symptoms of allergies, we can live Claritin clear with Claritin D. Shout out to Claritin for supporting this episode and providing us with samples. I have had seasonal allergies for pretty much my entire life. Unfortunately, there are definitely those days where I have canceled my plans because I simply just don't want to be out in the world because of my allergies. But luckily, Claritin is the perfect thing that you can just take at the beginning of the day. And it really helps with all of those symptoms, clearing up your eyes, clearing up your sinuses, clearing up your congestion. It's the easiest way to just get those allergies under control, whether it's in the spring, any other time of year. And it's designed for serious allergy sufferers. Claritin D has two powerful ingredients in just one pill that relieve your allergy symptoms and decongest your nose so you can breathe better. This double action combination of prescription strength allergy medicine and the best decongestant available relieves sneezing, a runny nose, itchy and watery eyes, an itchy nose and throat, and sinus congestion and pressure with ease. Ready to live life as if you don't have allergies? It's time to live Claritin clear. Fast and powerful relief is just a quick trip away. Find Claritin D at the pharmacy counter. Ask for Claritin D at your local pharmacy counter. You don't even need a prescription. Go to Claritin.com right now for a discount so you can live Claritin clear. Use as directed. Tired of not being able to get a hold of anyone when you have questions about your credit card? Well, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yes, you heard that right. You can talk to a human on the Discover customer service team anytime. So the next time you have a question about your credit card, call 1-800-DISCOVER to get the service you deserve. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. This car ride, though, is more interesting because of the phone call that happens with Louis. Um, so basically, this is the week before the wedding. Louis is planning this dinner at Avra in the city for the Thursday before the wedding. And so this is an event where obviously the kids are going to be there without without plus ones. But then <laughs> apparently it's like a full cast event, too, or 
sort of, because Louis calls and is, is rattling off like who he's going to invite to this dinner. And it's like, yeah, like Jackie plus one, Jennifer plus one, Dolores plus one. And I'm not inviting Melissa and Joe. Right. And it almost seems like they had agreed to like, I'm almost, it almost seemed like he was confirming that like, and, and we're not inviting Melissa and Joe. Like I'm, I'm almost like reconfirming everyone I'm inviting. So it didn't seem like it was the first time they talked about this. Right. I agree. Which is why partially it's so strange that then Teresa has this reaction where she's like, you know, we're filming, right. I'm on camera and Louis says, Oh shit. Okay. And then Teresa does this thing where she's like, yeah, like you, ha- you have to invite everyone. You can't, you can't pick and choose who gets invited. And like you were saying, it seemed when he was rattling off the names, like this was confirming something they had already talked about. So my big question mark here is like, if he hadn't said this on camera, it seemed like Teresa only said the thing about inviting everyone to kind of cover up the tracks of like no 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 we're inviting everyone right don't make this a thing but like if that hadn't happened on camera and melissa and joe just weren't invited wouldn't we have found out that week anyway like they wouldn't have been at the dinner right there's something kind of like off about this whole thing something seems like it was being planned behind the scenes and then came out not how she wanted it to And then she seems like she's acting when she's like, no, no, we need to invite everyone. As you know, Louie. That felt very performative to me. Yeah. And even the kids in the car were kind of like, okay, like we need to turn on our like, we don't know what's (laughs) happening hat. But Melania seems, seemed to be like, why are we inviting them? Like almost like, again, like the family had discussed not inviting them. And then now she's trying to say that they are inviting them. It was just, I wonder what the actual discussion was behind the scenes. Right. Because then Melania is like, why are we inviting them? They're like horrible to us. And Teresa has to be like, well, you know, sweetie, sometimes you got to make a compromise. Like it kind of, it like made Louis look bad. But then Teresa was like spinning it in a way that was like, no, no, no. We're the ones who are making sure to be inclusive. And if they don't want to come, then that's their thing. Like, it just is, it's a little strange. And not even from a perspective of like, Teresa's the devil and she should, you know, she's the one causing the problems. It's just like, I really do want to know like the actual logistics of who said what at what time and like, were they going to be invited otherwise? To me, it kind of makes it seem like maybe Louis is also maybe pulling some strings more than than is obvious. Mm-hmm. Because he kind of, I feel like him on camera, when he knows he's on camera, seems like he's trying to be inclusive and make peace and like smooth everything over. You know, he goes out to the car and he's wearing Nona's pajamas and all the, like the things that he's, the niceties he's trying to do. But then you kind of see this moment where he doesn't know that he's on camera, supposedly. Um, And he seems to kind of like have a plan. And it made to me, it made me think that he might be a little bit more manipulative behind the scenes and be, and maybe a little more negative energy than he's trying to portray. Right. And like he, sometimes we get negative energy from him on the show when he knows he's filming, but then it kind of, he like toes the line a little bit. Like he'll at home with Teresa and some of the girls, he'll say that what Joe and Melissa are doing is disgusting. But then when he sees Melissa and Joe, like he still is kind of, putting out the olive branch, acting like he's the peacemaker. And it, it it kind of feels like a little bit of like a calculated balance of like, 
I'm going to be, you know, I'm going to say this thing, but then I'm still going to be like, you know, I'm not going to be like unfriendly to your face. Like we're still the ones that are engaging in diplomacy, but then this is a little bit like, okay, what's, what's the real story here? And it looks like in next week's episode, we're going to get a little more, um, aggro Louie. (laughs) For sure. Definitely not your less Zen peacemaking Louie you get the, in the preview than right now, but yeah, he seemed. To be, I don't know. To me, it made me feel like he was a little sneaky, and I didn't. I didn't like it. Yeah, I'm. I'm curious to see how that develops next week, uh, because we did not actually get to the Avra invitations this week, so we don't know who's going to go, who's going to show up. We do know uh, that this bridal shower it looks lovely. Actually, I I thought it looked nice. There was a, a lot of people there, a lot of real life friends. Ashley Darby was there randomly. I'm like, okay. Um, yeah, it was it was, it nice was sweet. Every, everybody yeah. showed up. Melissa was there, maybe not with bells on, but you know, she was she was she participating. Was, she was like in the back watching, you know. <laughs> I do feel like regardless of like who you agree with more, Melissa saying basically just that it sucks that she feels like she has to be walking on eggshells at an event like this. That's unfortunate. It's it's tough from both sides that the situation is where it is. It's just, yeah, it's tense. It's like, it's just weird to be, I think I can imagine it just feels weird to have like this kind of tense, like energy at all these events at both. It's kind of funny because it's like both like your family events and your work events. This is kind of both (laughs) for her. Um, And she probably just feels anxiety going into all of them because it's just like a tense vibe. Like they're not, they don't like each other. Mm-hmm. There was there was a nice moment between Melissa and Louis's sister, who's officiating the wedding. I thought that was a nice interaction. Oh, yeah. There's a little bit of a weird. So Teresa makes the speech. She doesn't mention Melissa. No big surprise. And then like one of her friends, like her yoga instructor or something, like goes moseys up to Melissa and is like, "I think that was weird. You know, you d- you don't not mention the sister-in-law, right? I just that's not my style. It's like, who is this woman? Right. She just like popped in to like give the ammo. Producer <laughs> production was like, great. This is this problem solved itself. <laughs> production <laughs> found her like chain smoking in the parking lot and was like, hey, <laughs> could you go? You look fun. Could you go in there <laughs> and ask <laughs> Melissa if she thought it was weird that she wasn't mentioned? Like, there there is so much, you know collateral damage from this relationship over the last 10 years like at this point we really don't need like random women we've never been introduced to before going in there and like stoking the fire right totally agree (laughs) but of course danielle is there and she you know it's the first time she's seeing the women since ireland uh and she's struggling with that um and I, she still is, you know, has this burden with Melissa. She's like, you know, she, I know she's stressed about Teresa, so that I don't want to make her more stressed. And it's like, girl, you gotta, you gotta reel it in a little bit. Yeah. Um, sorry. Agree with that. I, I don't know. I, the bridal shower, all of these bridal events. It's like I'm, I really am genuinely happy for Teresa having her great moment it just is it sucks that there has to be this undercurrent of like everything has to be a question mark about the relationships about the dynamics like it it it's too bad that we can't just kind of like separate it out yeah 
I guess that's sort of like her only drama though. If you look at it, like if not, if, if she didn't have that, then her storyline is just like this fairy tale wedding. So I I guess she kind of needs some tension with the family. Like if you also have to think like if Teresa and Joe didn't have this underlying issue, what would they be talking about? Yeah, it's interesting. I, I see Melissa get a lot of criticism online about kind of like her only storyline is Teresa. And like, I don't disagree, but then it's like, it's kind of a two way street. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, it's not that Teresa is like, has nothing without Melissa being on the show, but it's weird to argue with the idea that they've both gotten a lot of material out of each other. Yeah. This, they are like the will, like instead of like a romance, this is like the will they won't they of the whole ser- like that, that um, this major storyline that pans through the whole series is like, this is the central conflict, yeah. I think. And, you know, it, it, we know they're not going to get together at the end, so we might have to kill off a character. Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Romeo and Juliet them. Yeah. Oh, yikes. I feel like that that's a good place to leave off for this week. Uh, of course, we will see where where the next week takes us. But Jordana, it's always a pleasure to talk New Jersey with you. Of course. Thanks for having me. I'll see you next week. See you next week. And thank you everyone for listening. Don't forget to rate, review, and follow the show wherever you listen. You can follow us on Instagram at Bravo by Betches. And until next time, be cool. Don't be all like uncool. Mention It All is produced by Dylan Hafer, Sean Kilby, Jorge morales Pico, and Rebecca Sousmacat. Editing by Jorge morales Pico. Social media by Dylan Hafer. Guest booking by Dylan Hafer and Ali Friedlander. Be sure to follow at Bravo by Betches on Instagram and Twitter. Thank you to our sponsor, Splash Refresher. Meet the water beverage that loves self-care as much as you do. Just because you have to hydrate doesn't mean it has to be tasteless. Splash Refresher makes hydration deliciously easy. Splash perfectly blends refreshing fruit flavors with just a little bit of sweetness, all with zero sugar and zero calories. I am going to go grab myself a Wildberry Splash now that I am done recording, and you should too. Consider your hydrated self thriving. Find Splash Refresher today on Amazon and Instacart or at your local Walmart, Sam's Club, or Kroger. Batches.